Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Jollyville Radio and KJVR, celebrating our 10th episode. I'm your host, Julia Stonewash, broadcasting to you from the Purple Street Studios in beautiful downtown Jollyville. As I'm sure you all know, today is a very big day. That's right, the 17th annual Jollyville Competitive Casserole Cook-Off Extravaganza. We've got live coverage of that event, followed by a special community meet where Uncle Asar talks again with Daniel Maldonado, who we've met earlier on the program. Before we get started, let's hear a message from our sponsors of KJVR Jollyville Radio. Hi, it's me, Paul Fredrickson, running for mayor of Jollyville, here to remind you to register to vote in our upcoming election. You can do so at vote.gov because I believe in doing the right thing. This message was paid for by John Fredrickson, Paul Fredrickson's father. I'm Paul Fredrickson, and I approve this message. Open, deep, welcoming, announcing the all-new line of luxury cabinets by the designer Robert Cheerful. Thank you to our sponsors for your support. Today is the 17th annual Jollyville Competitive Casserole Cook-Off Extravaganza, and we sent Spoopy the Boop and Chauncey Applegate to the Harmony Hills Rec Center to tell us more about it. How's it looking out there, fellas? Thank you, Julia. I'm Chauncey Applegate, here with Spoopy the Boop. From Spoopy the Boop and Chauncey in the Morning. And we're coming to you from the Harmony Hills Rec Center, bringing you live coverage of the 17th annual Jollyville Competitive Casserole Cook-Off Extravaganza. The tables are set, the sterno is lit, and the excitement in the air is palpable. Speaking of palpitations, I can't wait to see what this event will do to my cholesterol. Why don't you explain to our listeners how the competition works? Well, there are three entry categories of casserole. Side dishes, desserts, and of course, entree. All of them are equally challenging and fierce as the other. All entries must be homemade and presented in a casserole dish. The judges consider presentation, flavor, and originality to give each entry an overall score. The best in show winner is selected from the top score from each category. The winner gets to take home a solid gold spatula. Oh, that looks like spray paint to me. That may be so, Spoopy, but the bragging rights last the whole year. The Jollyville Competitive Casserole Cook-Off Extravaganza always brings out the best of the best of the local potluck champions. Today, we'll be following Taylor Draper, a teacher at Chipperton Elementary and a first-time competitor in the Jollyville Competitive Casserole Cook-Off Extravaganza. How are you feeling, Taylor? Oh, gosh, I'm just, just so excited to be here. I'll be entering my family's seven-layer dip into the side dish category. Oh, I really hope the judges like it. And I'm sure they will. Our listeners will remember that last year's competition was a close call between Kitty Westlake's double sausage Dutch oven lasagna and Peggy Breaker's king chicken and cigarette casserole. Kitty took home the gold last year, and Peggy has been taunting her on social media ever since. That would be a shame if your casserole made anybody sick. Kitty. <laughs> Bless your poor little heart, Peggy. That golden spatula is going to look mighty fabulous in my trophy case for yet another year in a row. 
How do you think you compare to that fierce rivalry, Taylor? Oh, gosh. I don't know anything about that. I'm just here for friendly competition and to taste some new recipes. And so begins the Jollyville Competitive Casserole Cook-Off Extravaganza. How exciting. Which of these three rounds comes first? Well, Julia, first up is the dessert round. Haven't they heard of spoiling their dinner? The contestants will present their dishes and the judges will respond. The contestants are speaking now. Oh, hello, judges. My name is Jonathan Little John, and I made a pineapple casserole. I'm Paul Fredrickson. You may know me because I'm running for mayor of Jollyville. I made a bread pudding casserole made from scratch with fresh ginger and love. I'm Bobby Baraconis, a.k.a. the Casserole Casanova. This is my blackberry hazelnut cobbler. Careful now, it's hot. Those are the three contestants for the dessert category. Now we get to hear remarks from the head judge. Thank you, contestants. Paul, I'm sorry to inform you that bread pudding requires more ingredients than bread and ginger. Jonathan, your pineapple and cheddar filling is delicious, but it appears that you used Italian breadcrumbs instead of crushed Ritz crackers. That is unacceptable. The winner of the 17th Annual Jollyville Competitive Casserole Cook-Off Extravaganza Dessert Category is Bobby Balcones. All right! Is a cobbler really even a casserole? Hey now, I put it in a casserole dish fair square. And now we move on to the side dish category. Let's hear from the contestants. Peggy Breaker. Cold mac and ham and cheese salad with barbecue sauce. Hi, my name is Taylor Draper. I haven't got a chance to meet all of you yet. I just moved here, and I'm a teacher at Chipperton Elementary. Hurry up. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I'm Taylor Draper, and this is my seven-layer dip. Hey, I'm back. Bobby Balcones, a.k.a. the Casserole Casanova. I'm presenting to you my famous pizza rice casserole. That sounds like it's just pizza toppings on rice. That's exactly what it is, Spoopy, but it's in a casserole dish. That's why they call me the Casserole Casanova. Let's hear from the judges. As head judge, I simply cannot accept pizza rice. Taylor, your seven-layer dip is technically correct, but it lacks character and originality. Therefore, the winner is Peggy Breaker's Cold Mac and Ham and Cheese Salad with Barbecue Sauce Topping. Hip, hip, hooray. Unfortunately, our new friend Taylor won't be making it to the next round. And finally, that leaves the highly esteemed entree category. As a reminder, if Kitty wins this round, that means she'll go head-to-head-to-head against Bobby Balcones, winner of the dessert category, and Peggy Breaker, her arch-nemesis, for the grand prize. My name is Kitty Westlake, and I am proud to present to you my Blue Ribbon Double Sausage Dutch Oven Lasagna. Wow. That's a bold move to submit the same recipe as last year. You know what they say. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Paul Fredrickson, mayoral candidate. I hope you like my hamburger cheese squares. I'm Jonathan, and this is my North Croatian mushroom and pasta casserole. Jonathan, this is such a wonderful recipe. 
But the mushrooms are undercooked and, and the pasta's burned. Uh, uh, Paul, these these hamburger cheese squares are inventive, but just not what we were looking for in a casserole. Not what you were looking for. I burned the pasta? The winner is Kitty Westlake's Blue Ribbon Double Sausage Dutch Oven Lasagna. Oh, I just knew I was going to win. And there you have it. The three category winners are Kitty Westlake, Peggy Breaker, and the Casserole Casanova, Bobby Balcones. When do they announce Best in Show? That should be coming up next. It looks like the judges are about to speak. Excuse us, we seem to be having some uh, uh, technical difficulties. <laughs> oh no, the judges are starting to look pretty pale. Uh, 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 we are the judges. Uh, have to go. But, but, but what about the final round? I have to bait Peggy. Gotta go to the bathroom. I think there was something wrong with Kitty's lasagna. Oh, my, 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 what? <laughs> For the first time in Jollyville competitive casserole cook-off extravaganza history, the judges seem to have become indisposed. Wow, what does that mean? According to the rulebook, the commentators must serve as backup judges if an issue arises. Well, Chauncey, I guess that means you and me are judges now. I guess you're right, Spooby. Hey, new judges. Psst. I need to tell you. Before the last round, I saw Peggy Breaker put something in Kitty's casserole. I thought she was just trying to oversalt it, but I think she wanted the judges to think something was wrong with it. Liar. I saw it too. I didn't know she was going to hurt anyone. Poisoning the judges is a clear violation and grounds for disqualification. Oh yeah? Well, Bobby used a store-bought cobbler for his entry. I did not. I found the empty box in the trash can. Look it. That's also grounds for disqualification. My word. Well, if the winner of the dessert round was disqualified, and the winner of the side dish round was disqualified, well, I guess that leaves the winner of the entree category as best in show. And why, well, that's me. Hey, wait a minute. Chauncey, come look at this. What is it? I found this in the head judge's folder. It's an envelope, and it says, For Your Consideration, from K. And it's full of money. I think it's a bribe from Kitty. Well, a devil. And bribes are definitely against the rules. Holy Tetrazzini. This is unprecedented, Julia. For the first time in the 17-year history of the Jollyville competitive casserole cook-off extravaganza, each winner of the three categories has been disqualified. If you're the new judges, how do you pick a winner? Let's go to the original score sheets to see who is the runner-up. Hmm, well, according to my math... Holy smokes! It's the seven-layer dip! Taylor Draper, you are the winner of the 17th annual Jollyville Competitive Casserole Cook-Off Extravaganza! Oh, wow! Thank you so much! I'm so excited! Just you wait till next year, Taylor Draper. <gasps> oh, no! And that concludes the 17th annual Jollyville Competitive Casserole Cook-Off Extravaganza. I'm Spoopy the Boop. And I'm Chauncey Applegate, live from the Harmony Hills Recreation Center. For KJVR in Jollyville, I'm Julia Stonewash. Stay tuned for a special bonus episode of Jollyville Radio this weekend. 
Now we turn to Uncle Asar for Community Beat, where we leave Jollyville and learn about good people doing great work in the real world. This is Jollyville Community Beat with Uncle Asar, turning the spotlight on good people doing great work in the real world. We're speaking today with Daniel Maldonado on the concepts of manhood and patriarchy. Daniel, would you share with us the definition of manhood as you see it? I think that the, the best answer is if there's a thousand men in the room, there's a thousand definitions of manhood. And I may have to really challenge myself to, there's more ways to describe and be a man and express yourself as a man than maybe we have known. So I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question. So if you can give us some insight on uh, patriarchy, we hear a lot about that you know, in conjunction with the uh, Black Lives Matter movement and the things that are going on. What, how do you see patriarchy or how would you define it? Well, it's interesting because patriarchy is about a 10,000 year old phenomenon. And in many, many cultures prior to patriarchy, there was a matriarchy that the, the females were, were followed and led. And then there was some kind of battle of the sexes and patriarchy became a more male dominant culture. And, you know, before we were too hard on all those dinosaur males, there may have been a reason for that. I don't know, I wasn't there. But I do know that it's evolved into something that's a little bit more sinister. And the best way I can describe it is, is that as a human being, I have all kinds of emotional capacities. Some that are very nurturing and soft and tender and receptive. And somebody would say, well, that's not man. That's what women do. Well, that's what humans do. The bad news is that when men tell other men that if you act like a, a full human, that's really acting like a woman. So with patriarchy, it basically says that certain inappropriately gendered activities of a human are male or female. And in some cases, a patriarchy will say, don't do that because that's it. Don't be receptive because that's what women do. Oh, you don't want to be like a girl. And there's, there's other words that we used to use that are, are more graphic. So the short of it is, is that in one kind of swipe of the sword, the masculine was told, don't be fully human. But in the same time, it devalued the feminine. And when you do that to both sides of the equation of humanity, to men and women, you, you divide and rule, unfortunately. And it really screws up the balance of, of, you know, men and women leading shoulder to shoulder. With your work on manhood and uh, patriarchy against patriarchy, what are your goals and aims? So my goal would be for the ascendancy for people of difference, people are, who have or other abled, what we used to call handicapped, uh, people who are, uh, have difference, uh, gay, lesbian, GBTQ, people who are transgender, people who have gender fluidity, which for a lot of men and women, that's hard for them to hear. But definitely the ascendancy of people of color into leadership in our country. There's something about dominant culture that fears trusting difference. And um, that's not going to work, not with our constitution and, and not with our history of, of African-American people and native people 
being devalued, immigrants, Muslims, non-Christians. And so I think that there's a big picture here that is about <clears throat> our diversity is our greatest strength. That's what gives our community breadth and depth and wholeness. Now is the time for us to quit fearing difference and see that the differences that I don't understand come with a lot of gifts. So if I could get past my fear and affirm the differences of so many people, yeah, it's going to be messy and, and, and chaotic at first. But if we affirm leadership in all peoples and encourage that, we're going to be richer. If we get past that old story that just doesn't serve us anymore. And if we want to get involved with this manhood work, this mankind project, or male, female, uh, what do we do? Well, there's several organizations locally that I think can be useful. One is called Circles of Women. And Circles of Women is a group um, that is uh, based uh, through Woman Within International. And then there's another a global organization called the Mankind Project. It's actually struggling with how to... Uh, be more uh, available to people of color. And there's some other organizations that I could, I could make available at a, another time, but um, th those are the two, the Mankind Project and Woman Within. It's been great talking with you, Daniel, and we wish you the best of the best. Thank you guys for, you know, your vision. Uh, I know you got other things going on in your life. You got to take care of friends and families and work, and you're also doing this. So thank you for your vision and making this happen. Thank you, brother. Call me again. I'd love to be part of it. This has been Jollyville Community Beat with Uncle Nassar and Dig This. No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. Peace. Creative team that wrote and recorded Jollyville Radio include Uncle Asara Cableline, Emily Antonek, Lizzie Brister, Michael Crosa, Michelle Darcy, Richard Dayries, Brian Green, Susanna Kay, Pilar Kepperda, Robert Leary, Zachary Markheiser, Brian Routzen, Thomas Schlitt, Monsi Santian, Patrick Troy Brandt, and Kay Wise. The recording was made in accordance with social distancing. If you'd like to support Jollyville Radio, and we hope you will, please help us get the word out. Tell a friend, post on social media, or leave a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform. You can also find us on the web at jollyvilleradio.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Jollyville Radio. Jollyville Radio is directed by Michael Croso with lead editing provided by Dr. Monsi Santian and social media help from Amy Costa. Jollyville Radio is a production of Jollyville Brass Quintet, member of Austin Creative Alliance. We are based in Austin, Texas. For KJVR in Jollyville, I'm your host, Jimmy Piecrust. We'll see you next time on Jollyville Radio. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.